Moed Koton Daf Tesamud Beis, Investing in Happiness, Meitzer Achshav V'Sameach L'Achazman. Until a couple of years ago, I'm not quite sure how it is now, the most popular course in at Harvard was Tal Ben Shachar's course on happiness. That people, it's, it's important to people. At the end of the day, that's what we want. We want happiness. And we've had a series of, of shirim on the last few uh, daf of, of Moed Kotten that we've been learning that really constitute one, one series on, on happiness, on how to pursue happiness. We've learned about the idea of creating space and time for happiness. We've learned about the idea of protecting oneself and insulating oneself from the forces of sadness. We've talked about the idea of identifying the potential for emotional hijack and removing the potential for emotional hijack and what that can do. Um, and, and today we talk about uh, an, an amazing idea in life and learning uh, about, about happiness and, and investment in happiness. The Gemara talks about the, the fact that on Chol HaMoed, uh, there are things you're allowed to do which are mitzair, they cause discomfort. But you're allowed to do them because the kulu meitzar achshav v'sameach l'achazmaninu. All the melachot that you're allowed to do on chol amoyed, they're uncomfortable while you do them, but they cause uh, pleasure and satisfaction later on. Uh, and, and Rashi says, mishum the kulu hilchot moed the shari. All the things that are allowed on chol amoyed. That's why they're allowed. For example, cooking and baking. It's not pleasant while you're cooking and baking. It's yom tif. It's, it's not, you don't want to be, that's not what you want to be doing, but, but you are doing it. Why are you allowed to do it? Why on Shabbos and yom tif? Why on yom tif and cholamoid? Are you allowed to cook and you're allowed to work in the kitchen? Because it's true that you're, you're struggling now, you're unhappy now, or you're, in the, you're sweating in the kitchen. But when you eat the meal, then you're going to have happiness. So you see that where the effort is going to lead to simcha, where the effort is going to lead to happiness, we allow that on, on Chol HaMoed. And I want you to notice in, in the Rashi, it's not just that you're cooking now and, there's, and there'll be happiness afterwards. But, but in Rashi, there's something very specific. You eat what you cooked and what, and what you baked. It's not a matter of, of, of going to the deli and buying things. That's not the same simcha. It's almost as if the Chazal, actually the Torah wants you to prepare your own meals on, on Yom Tov. Because there's a particular pleasure. People who are chefs and cooks understand this. The pleasure of actually enjoying that which you've prepared yourself. It hasn't come ready prepared. We're in this, in this world of instant gratification. We just want the outcome. We don't want the effort. What we learn in this piece of Gemara, and we're going to see it's in learning, it's in life, it's in everything, that the greatest pleasures come from gaining the satisfaction from the effort, not the immediate gratification. And our whole world resolves around how many businesses are there that are built on providing instant gratification. And, and more and more we're in the pursuit of instant gratification. And Rashi says it's the ochel afiato uvishulo biyomtif. Why is cooking allowed in yomtif? Because that gives the greatest pleasure when you eat what you have cooked, when you enjoy what you have prepared. That gives the greatest pleasure. 
And that links to an earlier piece of Gemara on this Omud, which on the surface doesn't seem to be linked, but you'll see how, how there is a link. Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta ifter minei de Rav. In our Gemara it says Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta departed from Rav. He'd come to visit him and he left after he speaking to Rav, he left him. In the Tanchum it's brought as a Rebbe and it probably is Rebbe because Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta was very close to Rebbe. Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta is the person you, I speak very often about the Chazal because it's so foundational. The Chazal of Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta is the one who was very, very poor and before Shabbos he dove into Hashem and a piece of gold came down from heaven and his wife said, I'm not taking anything free from heaven. Go and give it back. And you see why this is so important. Give it back. Don't take a handout from heaven. This is not something you've earned. Uh, and, and so the, the, the Medrash goes on. Omar Le'elibre, he said to his son, Zil Le'gabe De'levarcha, follow Reb Shimon ben Chalafta and ask him for a broch. Omar Le'elibre, so Reb ben said to Rebbe's son, Yehei Rav Adelot Vayish Velotit Bayish. May it be Hashem's will that you won't cause shamed people, you won't embarrass people, damage their dignity, and that your dignity will not be damaged. And he came to his father, he said, what did he say to you? He said, ah, just uh, kind of nonsense he told me, that wasn't very, not, not very important. And then he said to him, Don't take that bracha lightly. He gave you the bracha that the Rebunishon gives the Jewish people. That was a very important bracha. Rashi says, what's lo tevosh v'lo ditpayesh? Lo tevosh achrini k'day shelo tetpayesh. My brocha is that you won't cause indignity so that your dignity will not be, will not be con- uh, diminished. Shelo tavolidei kach pen tetpayesh, so that you won't come to a situation of being mevayesh, lest you mitbayesh. The Mahashor says, but the first part of it is not a brocha. The whole thing, in fact, is just a strategy. Be careful not to, not to damage the dignity of others, and then your dignity won't be damaged. Like a midah keneged midah kind of thing. So he's giving him advice. This is advice, not, not brocha. Where's the brocha here? And that's probably why the son thought, no, no great brocha here. He gave me some obvious advice. There was no, no big brocha there. That's the Marshall's question. But, but I think what we've got to learn here in, in Rashi is, is something really important. You need a brocha not to embarrass people because you don't know what's inside people's hearts. You don't know what their fragility is. You don't know what their sensitivities are. You might say something in complete innocence, and to nine out of ten other people, it wouldn't be offensive. It wouldn't hurt them. But this particular person has been through something in his life that you don't even know about, and it causes busha. You need a brocha. You need blessing. You need special brocha not to be mavayish people unintentionally. Because when you're being mavayish somebody unintentionally, when you insult, when you hurt, when you damage the dignity of another person, even if it's unintentional, Firstly, there's Mida Keneged Mida, God forbid Hashem does that to you, but you don't even have to get to that. When you discover what you've done, it's terribly embarrassing. And we've all had that situation where you put your foot in it and afterwards you think, oh my goodness, I wish I would never have said that. Didn't realize. And and that's the biggest busha of all when you realize you've caused somebody else uh, indignity. That's what he's saying. Mabroch is that even unintentionally you won't come to be mevaya somebody else, to cause somebody else embarrassment. The Karen Oyer says, I introduced the Karen Oyer to you a few days ago. The Karen Oyer says some, something quite amazing. Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta gave Rabbi's son a brocha that includes all other brochas. This is the essence of all brocha that he gave. A person is sent to this world. Why? That when you come to the world to come, the reward you get there is reward for your effort and isn't a handout. That's what it's for. 
When you get there, everything you get in the world to come in Olam Abba is outcome and reward for your investment in this world. It's the, the, the bearing of the fruit that you planted when you were here. Every thought, every action, every word that you said that was good and positive and was, was a mitzvah and every word of Torah that you learned. That's what you get in Olam Haba, so that you shouldn't get handouts to avoid the busho, the embarrassment of a handout. And so Shimi bin Chalafti is saying, that you will not be mevayesh, he who sent you here into this world, that in this world you will not embarrass the Rebbeinah because he put you here so that you invest. He gave you an investment opportunity and he put you here so that you invest and you don't do that. You're causing busha to the Rebbeinu and to your own neshama. And you won't experience busha when you come to the world to come. And there's, and there's plenty there. Because what you will eat will be what you planted, what you invested in, and what you got, says the Keren That's the brocha that Rabbi Shimon ben Chalafta gives to, to Rebbe's son, and that's a brocha that, that includes everything. And this, this relationship, so now we, we, we see the, the linkage that I'm talking to you about is Rashi's point of the idea is that on Yom Tov you eat the meals you cooked so that you, you're enjoying the effort that you put into it. It's not just that you have a good meal. It's you have a good meal that you prepared and that's a metaphor for Olam Hazer. That when you come to Olam Haba, you enjoy the meal that you cooked up during all the time you lived on this world. That's the, that's the simcha of, 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 uh, of Yom Tov. And there's no greater simcha than the, the pleasure and reward that grows out of the struggle of investment and risk. When you take a risk on something and it works out, when you put effort into something and you know while you're putting effort, it might not work out, but it does work out. That's when there's the, the, the joy. That's what simcha's Yom Tov is. And that was the brocha of Rabbi Shumim and Chalafta to the son of Rebbe. That, we, that your Olam Haba should be enjoying the fruits of your investment in Olam Hazer so that there's, that there's no busha. And so these two pieces of Gomorrah that seem to be in, disconnected or unconnected are enormously connected. And it's strange, it happens so often that I just introduced Rabbi Daniel Mofshevitz to you yesterday, I think it was. Um, and I came across a letter that Rabbi Daniel wrote to Rabbi Aaron Buxt. Um, and and, and here's, here's the letter. He, he asks... Uh, why it is that on Pesach asking questions is so important. Why do the kids have to ask questions? We go to such effort to make the children ask questions. We're going to tell them the story in any case. Tell them the story. You don't always need a question before you tell a story. And he says, There is no pleasure. It's not true pleasure if it doesn't follow discomfort, pain, difficulty. That's where true pleasure comes from. That's the part that we're not teaching today, that there's no such thing as instant gratification. That's not really pleasure. That's not really happiness. Happiness is the result of, of the effort that one puts in. And he says, in, in that way also, when we learn, akasha is the, is the discomfort part of learning. You need to stay with the question a little bit. Having a question being troubled by something, not being able to understand something. Pause there a moment. Sit in that discomfort because that's the tsar, that's the discomfort that precedes the meal. That's the cooking. 
And when you find the answer and it's tasty, it's interesting that he uses the word tam. This tam has the meaning both of reason, when you find the reason, when you find the answer, and tam is also taste from the, the, the objective meal that you've cooked. If you're educating a child or yourself, when you see what you've learned as an answer to a difficulty, then it will stay with you. Then you'll remember it. It will be part of your life. It will be part of who you are in a much bigger way. And it will put it, create an impression on you. It will make a difference to you. It doesn't make a difference if you just gain information. But if you've struggled with an, a dilemma, with an issue, and then you find resolution, that creates a way in one's, in one's way, says Rabbi Daniel. And he, he quotes, and I've given you the source of this, uh, one of the sources for this. Rabbi Simchazisl uses it many times. Remember, Elia Desda develops the idea in the fourth chalik of, of uh, Mikhtav Melio, where Rabbi Simchazisl says, always when you're summing up what you've learned, ask yourself, How was I thinking before I learned this? And what is, what is the new idea? that I've learned now as a result of this. How did I understand this Gemara before? And that's for those who are taking the Matmonim seriously, that's something you should do with each Matmon. matmon. Ask yourself, how did I understand this piece of Gemara before? How do I, what, what's new to me? How did I think about this idea before? We've had four Shirim on, or five Shirim on, on the pursuit of happiness. How have I thought about happiness before? How have I thought about these issues before? How have I thought about emotional hijack? How have I thought about creating space and time for happiness? How have I thought about insulating from sadness? How have I thought about investment and the relationship between investment and reward as the source of happiness? How have I thought about questions and answers? How have I thought about pausing and identifying that delta between how I was thinking and the new idea that's come to me? Do I just listen and I hear drosh and shul and I hear a shul and it's another idea and another idea? That's why I, I urge people not to use the word vort. Because a vort is another word, another idea, another thought. There's no, Torah is not about vorts. Torah is about internal change and growth. And you change and you grow when you're able to put your finger on what was I thinking before and how am I thinking now? How did I see this idea before? How am I seeing it now? How did I understand this Gomorrah before? How do I understand this Gomorrah now? That's where you're able to discover the joy of growth and of learning. And that's the theme that goes through all of this Gemara that we're learning, that we're learning today. The idea of, of all the melochas that are allowed on Cholamoid are things that Meitzar achshav v'sameach l'achazman nina. Rashi says, it's not just trouble now and then there's pleasure. It's the pleasure comes from the very difficulty of now. That's what Cholamoid is. And the idea of Reb Shumi ben Chalafta, that lo tvayish v'lotitbayish, as the Kerenoyer explains it. That, that busha comes from, from instant gratification. That's the biggest, b- biggest busha. We should feel that when we get our Torah knowledge, just from picking up ideas and from surfing the internet and from listening to something here and watching a YouTube there and listening to a podcast there, and that's where we get, that's Naamatik Sufi. You should be ashamed of yourself. Really? You learned that without thinking? You learned that without a struggle? You learned that without first asking yourself, what don't I understand? And you leave it alone afterwards without understanding that delta between where I was and where I am, and you're already onto the next vort, you're already onto the next idea, and you haven't integrated what you've learned. That's not, that's not growth, that's not Torah, says, says Rabdunil as he explains. 
רב שמחה זיסלס הידיעה, איך חשבתי קודם שלמדתי? How was I thinking before I learned this? ומה נתחדש לי עתה? What have I learned new now that I didn't know before?